Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, it's Friday, August 6th, 2021, and this is the first ever Auburn Live podcast. I'm Justin Hokinson, and with me is the one and only Hall of Famer, Jeffrey Lee. I suppose that shit cleared, huh, Justin? <laughs> it did. It did. It was tight. It was tight. Um, welcome the maiden in. Maiden voyage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maiden voyage. Welcome in. Fall camp rolling. Uh, today is first day of fall camp with Brian Harson air. I feel like it kicks into high gear today. You know, you have spring, summer, but fall camp's different. Um, and, and so we, we get that rolling. For everybody that's listening for the first time, uh, we are Auburn Live. We're a brand new site, Auburn site, uh, devoted to Auburn athletics, auburnlive.com. We're part of the On3 Sports Network. Um, and if you're not over there, you're one of the few that's not. The first the first few days of Auburn Live has been unbelievable. We're, we're super pumped about the, the, um, the feedback and the response that we've gotten. Uh, it's been amazing. Uh, the message board or the corner is, is absolutely buzzing. So we're just pumped about Auburn Live and what it's going to be. Uh, down down the road uh, we're going to bring you awesome awesome content a lot of insider stuff a lot of good a lot of good uh, recruiting information team information uh, Cole Pinkston who's a, also part of our team is not on the podcast today but we'll bring recruiting information so if you're not a part of Auburn Live uh, you should be there you should absolutely be there this is our podcast we're going to do this multiple times a week um, this will be in video form at some point um, but until then, we're just going to do an audio version um, and kick it out there on Apple and, and Spotify and all that good stuff. So let's get let's rolling. Um, let's talk fall camp first. We're going to talk fall camp and we're going to talk about recruiting. Uh, Jeffrey has an awesome war room recruiting piece up uh, on, on the site. And so we're going to get into a little bit of that. Um, we won't we won't give away maybe everything, go on the on the site and read the exclusive stuff. But we'll do fall camp. We'll do recruiting stuff today. Obviously, we had two practice sessions on Friday, an early uh, a morning session, an afternoon session. Brian Harson split the sessions up uh, into veterans and newcomers to allow the newcomers uh, just to kind of have one session under their belt with without the veterans there to get some reps. Um, we talked new. to Brian Harston. We talked to um, Smoke. What'd you think day. about that, Hope? What? What'd you think about them breaking it up? That's smart. I mean, I, I, I loved it. Yeah, I thought I it was smart. A great idea. Yeah, we were out there. So for the for the afternoon session, you know, you're out there and you're watching, you know, TJ Finley. Um, you're out watching TJ Finley and and Jarquez Hunter get reps, and you're watching Tavares Dawson get catches and. You're watching Demetrius Davis get reps. And so if you factor in, you know, if you're out there with with Knicks and Lloyd and all those guys, it's not going to work. And, and a lot of those guys, maybe it's their first like real college, sure. I mean, humming practice. And, and they're probably super overwhelmed. So everybody was out there except for Demetrius Robertson. As far yeah, as Demetrius Robertson, not there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he I, should be I, there. I like the young guys coming up in the afternoon. I thought that was a good idea, but Demetrius Robertson was said yesterday. He should be here soon. Yeah. I mean, any day Brian Harson thought, I mean, he said maybe he'd be here on Friday. Didn't seem, didn't seem reasonable because from what I understand, Georgia's, I think the last day is today. So my guess is he either was final exams were today or he's getting his grades today. I mean, today was kind of a final day tomorrow. If he passes classes from from what the schedule on, on um, you know Georgia's academic schedule says, if he passes classes, he should be free and clear tomorrow. 
to either to travel tomorrow or to be in Auburn tomorrow or to travel tomorrow and be there Sunday. Right. Um, I mean, we, we should know any day, but, but, but he was very, I mean, Harson was very, uh, I mean, he, he didn't have any doubt. I mean, he didn't seem to have any doubt that, that Demetrius Robertson was going to show up. It would be big reporting this weekend. Need a veteran receiver to add to that wide receiver room. I got some young guys with some talent, some, uh, some high expectations, but not a lot of experience. Demetrius Robertson would certainly provide some of that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say as we get into this fall camp talk, I would say receiver and, 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 and I'd say receiver, offensive line and defensive tackle to me, I could bounce around between those three in terms of which one I think is, you know, uh, the most important in terms of what do we see this fall and what kind of development happens. I actually have a little more faith in the offensive line than, than some, than some people probably. I think, I think last year there were high expectations and I wasn't sure they were going to live up to them this year. I think it's reversed this year. I think there's low expectations and I actually think that they're going to be better than maybe people think, but you talk about receiver, I think receiver and defensive tackle, I just, I just have no idea. I mean, there's some players there, yeah. There's a little bit of ability mm-hmm. there, yeah. But I really don't know what to expect. I mean, there's a lot of growing up that has to happen on those those two positions to me. Defensive tackle, a lot of young talent. Um, that was one of the positions I took a lot of interest in back in the spring because when we got to go to the open scrimmages, they were the closest to me, and I'm really lazy, so I just sat there and watched the, the, those guys. Uh, Really like those, you know, uh, Walker. I mean, there's a lot of guys. You got Tony Fair coming in. Uh, I'm excited to see these transfer D linemen like Marcus Harris, um, Leota Kid. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of new faces along the defensive front, which could be good or bad. Uh, but I really like Nick Eason. Uh, I, I really like Burt Watts. I'm excited to see those at uh, that front four going at it. Yeah, a uh, little bit of defensive line news that we we um, you know we we posted on AuburnLive.com. I'll briefly mention it here, um, and that is around veteran defensive tackle Tyrone Truesdale, who we have reported that we just simply don't know his status with the team. Um, we're we're hearing that 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 is very much up in the air. Uh, we can't report that he's gone or not gone yet, but but there's something going on with Tyrone Truesdale. And I would say his status with the team is very much uncertain. Um, and, you know, we won't speculate, but with a defensive tackle position that, that is, I think, unproven, he was at least a returning guy, big body, played some games. That would be that would be a loss if he's not a part of the team. I mean, it's just now you're relying on Tony Fair. What kind of shape's he in? Marcus Harris is coming in. It's just uh, Truesdale's a body. I mean, he's a body. And at times he had some moments. So it's a sure. big loss if, if he's not part of the team. What are your thoughts on if he is or isn't with the with the team? Well, you know, he's that nose plug. He's one of my favorite uh, all-time two-star recruits. You know, if you'll think back, he was from Augusta, what, four years ago. Nobody had heard of this kid. And on signing day, it was like Auburn. I don't know if we got word or what, but it just came out of nowhere. You know, Auburn signing this kid, this defensive lineman. It was a two-star guy. I had offers from him. You know, I don't know. I don't even know if he had Tulane or Conference USA back then. Uh but there was not a lot of expectations on this kid. You kind of uh, had to trust Rodney Garner. And what, two, three years later, you've got this guy starting. Um, ended up being just a good plug in the middle, good run stopper, good plug, hole plugger. So it would be well, the most experienced defensive lineman they have. And like you said, with Tony Fair coming in, they're kind of built the same. Wouldn't you say, except Tony's about, yeah. I don't know, plus 30 or 40. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. Truesdale's probably what, 294, 300? It's a big boy. Yeah. He's a yeah. big boy. But I think Tony, well, I remember when he walked uh, walked into Auburn over the summer, you know, first thing he asked me was, what's the best barbecue in town? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, but he, he said he had to lose like 30 or 40 pounds. Uh, he was big. He was a uh, roly-poly. And so that, for the past, what, six weeks, when did I see him? I don't know. It was maybe early summer. So for the past however many weeks, um, he's he's made it a point to, you know, drop some weight. I'm sure Albert's put him through a, a rigorous plan. Uh, th- did you get a peek at him this morning or this afternoon? No, they had defense literally, you know, 150 yards away. Yeah, they do um, defense they, in Opelika. Yeah, they do, they do defense in Opelika. Uh, so, no, I didn't see him. I will say that I have heard weight could still be an issue with him. I'm not sure he's where they want him to be. So, maybe maybe a couple weeks of fall conditioning will get him there. But, I, I would, you know, if you told me to pick between him and Lee Hunter – um you know who maybe had the better chance to help i might go with lee hunter at the moment me too i have heard really really good things from lee hunter all throughout summer really excited about this kid um and i'm not i I don't doubt this kid i think he could be an immediate impact player this year on the defensive line really excited to see him play yeah so little defensive tackle up in the air um absolutely you've got zacavius walker you mentioned colby wooden i saw a video of him uh, I don't know if you saw that on his Twitter. Looked like a you know a, somebody had done kind of just a highlight reel of him working out. Um, he he looks like a beast. I mean, he looks bigger than you know. I thought he was kind of an undersized defensive lineman last year, like you know coming in. He looks he's I mean, he thick. Two ninety. I mean, he, he he looked really really good. He looks like a big really? boy. Really. I mean, look. I, I'm just I'm just. You're I'm talking just like Marlon Davidson big. Um, is, that, is that how he looks? No? What was his height? I mean, what's his what's Wooden's height compared to Marlon? Six two, maybe. Marlon was six four, six five. Okay, well then in that case, then he's he's probably not that. He's probably he's probably a little lighter. But he looked thicker than he did last year. Last year I thought he was, you know, okay, he's a little undersized, but he's really active. I mean, he looks more the part um, from that video. So Kobe, that kid's going to be a star. Kobe has a good trunk, man. Uh, he got a good trunk and uh, uh, thick leg. You know, he he. he to me, he looks like a football player, even without pads on. Yeah, uh, really like really like him and Derek Hall on the other side. And you've got TD coming back for a super senior year. A lot of lot of things to keep an eye on along that defensive front. That's just defensive tackle. That's why I man, just look at that and you go, because if your tackles aren't there, then you're ne- you're going to negate how good your linebackers are. I mean, Papo and McLean had to make so many tackles, and they had they made a bunch of tackles, but. There were times where they were nowhere to be found because the tackle, the defensive tackles were just, you know, getting abused. You've got Moultrie, you got Derek Hall, who Derek Hall's going to play in the NFL. You've got a secondary with a lot of athletes that, you know, who knows, that could be a really versatile, rangy group. Shoot, yeah, it's absolutely. literally defensive tackle. If you can find consistency at the defensive tackle position, that defense will be very good, I think, and it'll be good enough to probably keep them in every game Except, look, I, let's just face it. Right now, Georgia and Alabama; those are going to be awfully, awfully tough games. Outside of those two, mm-hmm. outside of those two, if they can figure out defensive tackle, I think the defense as a whole can keep them in every game they play. I wouldn't argue that. And, and we talked about the new faces, the, the secondary. Think about all the guys they brought in this offseason, and the guys they have coming back. They've got some. They've got some firepower back there. Yeah. Um, let's talk about receiver. We mentioned it. 
um, you know, Robertson is coming in. I watched today. So I watched um, Elijah Cannon, watched Kobe Hudson, watched uh, Xavion Capers, uh, actually watched Capers and Hudson both drop passes in the 20 minutes I got to see. Um, screen passes, just just lack of focus, absolute lack of focus type stuff. Same stuff they did last year. A um, lot of ability. I mean, nobody would argue those three guys, a lot of size, a lot of talent. Um, you bring in Robertson, you know, how quickly does he get in the mix? How quickly does he acclimate? You, you got to love his maturity coming in. Maybe that will rub off um, on those guys. Brian Harson said it, and I'll let you respond. Brian Harson said – on Thursday, he really went in depth on the receivers and you could tell he was talking to them when he was saying it. And somebody asked about the receivers and he said, those guys, he said, I'm looking for consistency. He said, those guys have got to learn how to be all around receivers. They got to study film. They got to know how to run the route and when to chop it down and when to, he's like, it, those guys, those guys, they got to be in the best shape. They run more than anybody. Um, that was his thing. He said, the talent's there. But he really, really was pressing them, and I think is probably pressing them hard on. You guys have got to be smart. Your football IQ's got to go up. You, you got to know the ins and the outs and how to run the route and leverage and everything. I think that is just a huge, huge deal. And I think it's something that Auburn at the receiver position has been lacking for a while. They're not, they're not used to that. <laughs> no, they've had great athletes, but they haven't had any throwing Cornelius Williams, who's played the position at a high level, who knows the ins and outs. There's going to be a much different expectation on that position. It's not just about being an athlete. We're going to run play action and go deep. No, 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 no. you got to be smart and know how to run routes and, and study film and put it on the field. I mean, it was if you heard it, it was a lot. There's a lot of expectations from Parson to that crew, and that's the deal. they got to grow up. Talk to me about the slot guys. I know you were pretty excited to see Tavares Dawson out there. Yeah, he looked – I mean, he's, he's lightning quick. Uh, I don't know how to compare him – so I'm trying to think of a guy in recent memory that Auburn's had. If I mean, he's I mean, quick as Will Hastings. Um, I mean, he's quicker. I mean, he's 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 going to end up being a better athlete than than that. But but think about the impact that Ryan Davis was was able to have. Yeah. And Ryan Davis didn't have great top end speed. Dawson's no. got the speed. Um, he's just small. I mean, he's probably a buck sixty five seventy. You know, he's just the small guy. But you get him the you get him the ball in space. And he's going to be a problem. I'm really, I'm really curious to see what he does. Can he get in the, can he get in the mix this fall? And Javaris Johnson too. Those are kind of the yeah. two guys that I mentioned in kind of a fall preview. Is can one of those guys make a move? Javaris has been there. Tavares is is a freshman, but they're but they're both really fast, and they both I think fill a need that Auburn doesn't really have. We, we yeah. talked about those big guys. Where's their, you know, I'm going to say this. Everybody, chill out. Where is their Jalen Waddle in quotes. You know, where is their guy that, that that they can put in space and cross the field that's hard to stay with? Where's a guy that could be a check down for Bo Nix? You know, they need that guy. They need that guy. It's not everything's going to be the out route and the post. Where's that guy in space that could just dump it off and, and could get you 20 yards because of his speed? Who's bigger? Between those two? Yeah. Tavares is going to be a little bit, a little bit bigger. I don't know about height, but he's, he's, you know, he's got some weight to him. He's got a little bit more strength to him being in a college program. I mean, right. Tavares is just going to be, you know, he's just going to be that, 
that guy that you get him in space and use him as speed. Think about like Ontario Michaela, just get him in some space. You know, he's not running up for anybody. He's not breaking many tackles, but just get him in some space. And, but it's just, he's a true freshman. Like what kind of, how quickly does he learn things and all that? But I think he's going to make the coaches go, is there a, like, how do we get this guy involved? Is there a way to get him involved just selectively? I just think he's too good of an athlete to not make them think about, you know, reverse you know can, can we get him a reverse or two during a game or something yeah return kicks maybe yeah return kicks maybe um i don't know if the you know punting punt return is so important i don't know if he's back there but i just i just gotta yeah. think his speed um and his elusiveness is going to get him on the field somewhere somehow um somehow getting four to five touches a game yeah, something like that. Him and, and maybe it's Tavares. Maybe Javar, Maybe they're looking for one of those two guys. I don't know. But Tavares is just really, really impressive athlete. Him and Lee Hunter and, and Jarquez Hunter. Uh, Lee Hunter and Jarquez Hunter. Th- those three freshmen, I just think, are – you're like, how do we get them involved? Um, Jarquez, we saw as well this afternoon. He was running with TJ Finley. Um, and I told people on our message board that you're going to see him in number 27 and you're going to think of Mario Fannin. Now, he's not quite as big. Fannin was probably 225. I mean, Fannin turned into a bit. Fannin was pushing 225. Hunter's probably 205 right now, but the build is similar. I mean, legs, trunk, arms. Like, Jarquez Hunter is going to be a monster. He's going to be a monster. What do you think about him? You you know more about him from, from you know, when they signed him late, you know? Almost, yes, I thought he was a huge addition. addition. Really liked that kid in high school. Uh, very strong. He is a machine when it comes to off-season training and stuff like that you're not going to outwork the kid and um everything that i heard about that guy was absolutely positive from his coach um and, and everybody around him so i thought that was a, one of the best ads late in the game for auburn in that 21 class because you had that turnover you had new guys coming in you had new targets showing up and you go back and you think about auburn's running back room in february and it was piss poor i mean it was it was bad yeah. They had to have somebody, and they got this guy, and it wasn't just a guy, to, a, a dude. Um, did you did you see uh, Jordan Ingram any? Um, Probably didn't even notice. I actually, uh, gosh, I was watching Finley, and no, I think Ingram was running with De- Demetrius Davis kind of in that second group in terms of just handoffs and when they were doing some I-formation stuff under center stuff. He, he was he's bigger than I thought. Yeah, yeah, he's a well-built killer. Yeah, him yeah. and Hunter, I think, are going to compete for. Okay, who 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 rounds out that stable? You know, Tank and and Sean. God bless Sean Shivers. Look, or Shivers, I, I like him. I look, I love his heart. I like him, but he, he can't be your. He cannot be Auburn's number two back if we're trying to win nine games. It just, I just, I'm, I'm not on that boat. If he is the number two back and he gets eight carries a game, it's going to drive me crazy because. Really? Yes, I just. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mighty Mouse, man. Oh, I mean, what, what don't you like about it? He doesn't. Okay, he 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 doesn't break tackles. If the first arm that goes on him, he goes down. Uh, outside of Xavier McKinney. Yeah, I was say, he disagrees with me. <laughs> but he breaks was... helmets. He don't break tackles. He breaks helmets. <laughs> so here's the thing. With but yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Keep Get talking. him in space, and there's and he's a problem. The the between yeah. the tackles carries. I do not understand. If I he, completely if, agree. If he takes away between the tackles carries from Ingram or Hunter, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be pissed. Um, that's probably it. That's probably okay. it. I mean, Shivers I is fast. He, I think there's times where I think he 
Here's the other thing I'll say about Shivers. He has great speed, but I think track speed that for somebody like him, short takes a ton of steps. He takes a ton of steps. Like his, it takes, yeah. you know, 10 steps. Somebody else could do in four. And I think sometimes <laughs> he forgets that on the football field, you know, the speed between you and another dude is just fractional. I mean, right. it's not much. So yes, he's fast, but I just think there's a role for him but I don't want it to be between the tackles. I would love Ingram or Hunter to be the number two back behind Bigsby. Tank needs a breather. We put in Hunter or Ingram and use Shivers in some different ways that you want to use him. I just don't – if he comes in – okay with that. You're between the tackles. I, I just – No, I completely agree on that. I see what you're saying now. I, yeah. I, okay, absolutely understand. He's not going to yeah. be your – yes. He's not going to spell Tank in the same plays and packages that you're running with Tank. I completely agree there. Um, yeah, but yes, there he's. I, I like him. I think there's there's use for him. I think there are plays that he that, that you can benefit um, from with him. That being said, I think Jarquez Hunter is going to be my top pick for the number three spot, only because I probably know more about him than Jordan Ingram. So I'm. Uh, I mean, there's a. I'm excited about this season because there are so many things to keep an eye on. You know, there's right. so many things that I'm curious about. There's so many things I'm anxious to see. Uh, and there's so many, it's, it's tough to even wrap your head around it. You've got so many different angles, so many different faces, so many different schemes. And Bo Nix under center was one of the things I took away from your practice video today. I was like, <laughs> yeah, man, I haven't that? seen that. How about that? The last time I saw him do that, he threw a lateral against Arkansas. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. That was an incomplete pass. It wasn't a lateral. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me. Shedrick Jackson would have gotten that. We all know. Sh Without the whistle, Shedrick Jackson right. pulls in the ball. That's true. That's Very what, true. Very that's true. That's what we say anyway. Yeah, the under center stuff was wild. Um, last thing I'll say on Hunter. He – you've done this a long time, and I think you know what I'm talking about. There, there's times where you 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 follow a recruit and, and you see – all right, you just see the circumstances. Um, you, you think about the talent or you think about maybe how he ends up in the class. Um, and there's something about Jarquez Hunter. Maybe it's coming in late, you know, the staff finding him kind of a kind of a kind of a, a late gym. Um, maybe he feels like he's got something to prove. There's something about him and and being the late addition. And then watching him, you know, in practice today and just watching his build as a freshman, think about his work ethic and what they say in the summer. And he's already squat 600 pounds. I just think that Auburn got a star. I think that I think this kid's going to be uh, absolutely fantastic. I really do. Well, going back and looking back on his recruitment, there were so many different things going this past year with the transfer portal, transfer portal, the you know, the old staff's targets, the new staff's coming in with new targets. And then you got transfer portal targets. Man, my head was spinning, uh, yeah. and it still is. I'm going back, and I'm looking at, about Jarquez. He was Mr. Football in the state of Mississippi in Class 5A. He was the number one running back in Mississippi. Um, Auburn went on him late. Coach Bobo came in. Carnell Williams was always on him. I think that's probably ended up being um, big for Auburn. Coach Friend was also involved. And uh, looking at his stats, dude, he played eight games last year as a senior. Rushed for almost 1,700 yards. Eight games. Wow. Average almost eight yards of carry. That's 210 yards per game, by the way. 22 touchdowns yeah. wow. in eight games. Almost three touchdowns a game, 
210 rushing yards per game and seven and a half yards per carry. That's 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 impressive, and that's that in five A football in five A football in Mississippi. So it's you know it's not private school. You know uh, Lee Scott, he's playing. Right. No, he's a he's a beast, and then you got the video of him just casually with cowboy boots on, just walking up and dunking. I mean, just yeah, right, right. A few steps and just leaps up, dunks the ball, cowboy boots. Yeah, Nothing I remember what that was like, man. I remember what that was like. <laughs> Those were the days, huh? Yeah, well, was. <laughs> <laughs> I, anyway, I just think I don't know. I just I just have a feeling that that the circumstances in that dude, I just think he's going to be a freaking baller. Um, I'm a fan. Um, what else? A secondary, obviously, we talked about that. Receiver, we talked about that. Um, you know, offensive line, let's let's hit on that because I think that's the other big question. Uh, Harson talked about that. We talked to Nick Brahms. He said they're really trying to drown out the noise and, and, and really focus on what they think they're capable of doing. Um, Harson said they want the best five to play, period. There's a lot of crossbreeding, they said, a lot of cross-training uh, going on at the offensive line position. Uh, Troxel's coming back from injury. Council's coming back from injury. What do you think? Is this group going to step up to the plate this year um, and stay healthy? Um, what, what, what are your thoughts? Because obviously everybody's thinking Tank Bigsby can be all SEC, and you're thinking Bo Nix, maybe this is the year he develops. Well, none of that happens unless this offensive line steps up to the plate. Last year, they weren't terrible at run blocking. Hell, Tank Bigsby had, had a year, and it wasn't because right. he was, you know, he had, um, he didn't have anywhere to run. They were, yeah. they were more than average, more than adequate at run blocking last year. My concern is I wanted to see two things from the offense this year. Sure, you got your wide receivers and all this, the tight ends, which I think you were impressed with today. But two things, in my opinion, have to happen for Auburn to win eight to nine games. I, I think that's the ceiling this year. I think nine games is the ceiling, realistically. Okay. Yeah. So in order for that to happen, I've got to see Bo Nix improve. I've got to see him make better decisions. I've got to be see him be more consistent. He's got to be more accurate. Well, in order for that to happen, he's got to have more time. He's got to have more confidence in his offensive line. And that's what they're going to try to be building throughout the fall camp and into the season. By the first two end of the first two games, when they're going to uh, Penn State, is that right? Yes. Yeah, I came through. Penn yeah. State, he's got to have confidence in his offensive line. Um, I think I think Auburn has the talent, the players to at least be adequate in the pass block. I really do. They don't have a, you know, they don't have trash players. They, you know, it, they've got some dudes. They've got some dudes. They just got to find the right five, find the right spots for them. And left tackle to me, we saw Alec, Alec Jackson last year. Will it be Austin? Will he be back? Will Austin Troxel take over? Um, we saw a, a very light Brendan Coffey last year. I thought he was a tight end playing right tackle at times. Um, Bro Darius Ham, Tayshawn Manning, Nick Coe. I mean, I'm not Nick Coe, Nick Coe, uh, Nick Brahms. Um, oh, who was the Cameron kid from Dutz in there? Dust was in there. The um, Tanks. Oh, gosh, what's his name? Uh, left guard played with Tank, not Tank Johnson. Oh, Tayshawn Manning. Nah, man, he's from Georgia. Yeah, I don't know. Troxel, Tayshawn Manning, Brahms, Stutz, uh, Ham, and then probably, you know, well, you got Council in there too, and then Ham. I think that's a, a Alec Jackson, uh, and then I don't know. Yeah, either way, I think Auburn has the has the potential. I want to see what Will Friend can do. I think that's been a huge uh, disappointment for Auburn for the last what seven years. Yeah, was the the failure of the offensive line and some 
somebody asked me the other day on the radio, it was like, what's the difference? You know, Georgia has talked about the Georgia and Auburn rivalry and the difference between the two and why Georgia has so much pretty much dominated. Oh, yeah. Recently. And I was like, you couldn't have drawn it up any better to explain that than last season's game where Georgia just just dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. The right. offensive line, Georgia's defensive line was so much better than Auburn's offensive line. It was embarrassing. Right. It was, I mean, it was embarrassing. Yeah. So I, I don't, I feel like Auburn's offensive line can be better, will be better, has to be better. Then I want to see Bo Nix improve. And I, I want to see Auburn go into Penn State and win a game that they might not should have or might not be expected to. I think the line's already out. Auburn's five, five or six point dog. Yeah. Probably, probably sounds which, right. Which, understandably so. Oh, I mean, yeah. 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 But I feel like, man, I really feel like Auburn can, and I haven't even watched Auburn. I'm just going off of what I'm hearing and what I'm thinking. I really feel like Auburn can win at Penn State. I really do. I really feel like Auburn can go to LSU and win. I really feel like Auburn can be 5-0 and what, in, at, at, on the 4th of October. Yeah. And 4-1 well, at the worst. You've got to win one of those two first ones, LSU-Penn State. Yeah, Penn State is, is yeah. Those, those are big games. I mean, Penn State they got to come out with no matter what they got to come out with confidence. I'm not into moral victories, but but it, it it is a real thing. I mean, you can come out of a game with more confidence and go, okay, maybe you, you know, all right, we're especially a new staff. Think about LSU in 2013. You lost that game, but the way the second half went, you actually came out of that game going, hold on, we can move the ball. We're, we're yeah. a good team if we if we stop doing dumb stuff and. Right. Um, it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's on that, on that offensive line and we'll see how they, we'll see how they, uh, how they bring it all together and how they develop. Um, the last big thing we'll hit on and then we'll move to recruiting here, um, is just to kind of kick off fall camp coverage is competition. Brian Harson talked about competition. Um, he, he, he had a really long answer on, on look, competition is, is huge. And he actually had a pretty cool, honest comment where he said, he said, Hey, look, I would be very frustrated or I would feel very bad if I, if I was a player and I was entering fall camp knowing I, I, I didn't have a, a, an actual true opportunity. And um, I thought that was a really insightful comment for him to kind of tap into just how important making sure that the players know that competition is open and that that's not just rhetoric. Um, and, and kind of, and it, it is true. It makes you think about it. if you were a player and you were coming to fall camp and you just knew that you were third and you just, you just, you just knew that we're going to start practice and I'm not going to get the same reps as that guy. That kind of sucked. Um, and so I like the fact that, uh, he's saying those things. And I think with the new staff, it makes a lot of sense that competition is huge. Obviously we know some, you know, nobody's beating Tank Bigsby, but, from a rep standpoint, guys will get reps in that first week or two, you know, lower guys. And then it'll start, we'll start splitting up reps based on what we're seeing, but guys will get reps with, with this new staff. And I think that's huge to, to build camaraderie and to build momentum in this fall camp, you know, as they go. Nothing worse, like you said, than coming to practice and knowing that you're battling for number two, you're, you're battling for the first bench spot. Yeah. Yeah, it would be it would be brutal. It would be absolutely brutal. Um, hey, sorry, dude, you were breaking up. Then my fault. Okay, no, no worries. Keep going. I, I, I'm, 
I just I was agreeing with you, man. Oh yeah. And I don't know that I don't know that we've ever heard. Uh, I mean, you know, you always hear coaches, you know, oh, we're going to compete, no jobs ever taken, but you really don't ever believe them. Right, um, right, right. But I mean, I you got to like Brian Harson the the way he carries himself, the, the things that he says, and the manners in which he says them. Uh, I've been very impressed with him since his hire. I'm ready to see him on the field. I'm ready to see his. His, uh, his candor as a coach, you know, what he's doing, how he handles the game. Um, a lot of things uh, looking forward to seeing from him. So that's that's fall camp. Got going on Friday, and then we're off to the races over the next two weeks. We'll have probably three more, I think three more open open periods where we'll get to see, you know. Keandre least- Jones, Justin. Keandre oh, yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's there you it. go. Yeah. Keandre Jones is definitely in the mix. Um. So we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see how they how they sort of progress. I'm with you on Harson. There's a lot of good things to like about him and how he thinks and how he's approaching building the program. Um, but you know, you don't know until you see it on the field. So we'll, we'll find out. I think, I think to wrap this up, I think he talked about consistency at receiver. I think for anybody watching the program that cares about the program, it's consistency everywhere. They just want to see a team go out there against some of the better teams and do things consistently. Don't, don't have a good game and then go absolutely, you know, just abysmal performance against the Georgia or an LSU or Alabama, whoever Um, that, that was the, that was the thing that got Gus in the end, the roller coaster ride became too much and his record against the rivals, but they just want to see. And and, and I think Harson, you know, Rob Pate mentioned it in his column, you know, coaching at Boise state, he probably had to do a lot of, you know, scheming and figuring it out and, yeah. and being yeah. consistent and building blocks and doing it the Boise way, like they talk about. And so I think you just want to see that. You just want to see a consistent performance and a consistent program. I, I want to see Auburn's football team be consistently disciplined this right. year. Right. That's what I want. That's what I want to see. And if it, if that's seven wins, so be it. I want to see this program be consistently disciplined uh, have confidence in the coach, the moves that he's making, the timeouts that he's using, when is he using them? You want to have confidence in, in, in this staff. That's what I want to see. I want to see this program at the end of the year and look back and go, this program is better off than it was a year ago. Yeah. They're, they're moving in the right direction. And to me, it's all consistently disciplined. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I'm with you. So fall camp's getting on. We'll have a lot more coverage at auburnlive.com. Um, as as they roll on. Let's spend the last couple of minutes talking recruiting. You put up uh, the war room at auburnlive.com today. If you haven't read it, you need to go check it out. It's the best um, football recruiting piece on the internet. Um, the war room, it's been around forever. Jeffrey's been doing it for 20 years. And it's just, it's where you're going to get the inside scoop um, and the real intel that you're not going to get anywhere, anywhere else. You're going to understand what's going on and you're going to be the smartest person in the room. Uh, so a bunch of good information. And on a broader note, you know, Auburn football recruiting has not exactly been awesome from the experts perspective. I think I saw something on ESPN yesterday where they said right now they listed Auburn as one of the top four underperformers in recruiting so far. Um, hit on kind of the hit on that, I guess, first, what's your take on Auburn? should people just chill out and then and then maybe dive into where from a from a high level and and give them some give them them a little scoop okay well let's look back uh and i'm going back to the month of june was absolutely crucial for this program 
getting kids on campus. These kids didn't even know these coaches, right? They'd never met most of these coaches. Half of these coaches, they didn't even know their names. There were so many kids that were, they didn't even know Coach Harson's name. Um, they met these guys from uh, through Zoom. And um, so Auburn, was, during the month of June, they got all these kids on campus, had some big-time guys come in. Darius Clemens, uh, four-star wide, wide receiver from Oregon, comes down on official visits. They had uh, – Damari Austin, they had four, they had even had Trey Citizen come in, uh, number two running back in the country. They had a bunch of guys get on uh, get on campus, but we didn't see any results. Auburn, yeah. Auburn, you know, they lost commitment from Darrell Stinson. They lost a commitment earlier from Andre Stewart, and they had a commitment. They had commitments from Powell Gordon and Holden Gurner at the end of at the end of June. So they were sitting even. They were minus two on decommitments and plus two on commitments. They were even, Stephen, going in at leaving June. But you had all these guys on campus, and, and there was no results. There weren't any results. The dead period kicks in July the 1st. And, you know, and I know from talking to guys inside Auburn that, you know, they were expecting that to, to build some momentum. And there was some concern coming into July that there, was, there wasn't any momentum building. And then you saw, you know, Evan, I mean, Alex McPherson commit to Auburn on July the 6th, and then it was Micah, Diley, uh, Micah Riley Ducker, the four-star tight end from Nebraska, and then boom, boom, boom. And before you know it, what uh, Kobe Albert yeah, earlier this week commits to Auburn, and that's the seventh commitment in the past month they've gotten since, I think, June, July the 6th. A lot of momentum building right now. Um, up to up to nine commitments, some big time in state wins, not against Alabama or Georgia. I think anybody that's listened to me talk recruiting this year knows that I don't think <coughs> I don't think it's going to be very difficult for Auburn to ever win head to head, at least in this class, 2022, right. against Alabama, Georgia. However, as I mentioned in the war room today, there's one guy that things are looking extremely good for. And that's Robert Wood, Woodyard, the uh, the inside linebacker from Mobile, uh, who committed to Alabama, I think, back in February. Everybody, including myself, you know, you commit to Alabama. If Alabama wants you in-state in state kid, it's, it's pretty much a done deal. And for a guy like uh, Emmanuel Henderson, uh, number one running back from Geneva County, most of it is. Uh, but this guy, you know, back in June, we had heard that, Robert Woodyard came into town for an official visit. Well, of course, I didn't think anything of it. Do want to come in, get his meals paid for, have a good time, make some chicks, you know, do his thing. Didn't, you know, I really didn't put much uh, value on it. Yeah. And then he sneaks back into Big Cat, and I'm going, man, this might be something worth checking into. You know, let's. Uh, he he's obviously interested. He's coming back. He, that's two times this summer. And then you talk to guys around uh, around him and his recruitment. And you find out, man, this dude is legitimately considering Auburn. I mean, this would be a huge flip for Auburn. Wow. Um, this kid can play, man. This kid can play. His defensive coordinator is Antonio Coleman, former Auburn defensive oh, wow. end. Yes. So uh, he's got Antonio coaching him. Uh, this is uh, a kid that can absolutely start as a freshman. Not start, but I wouldn't say start. Let's don't jump the gun here, but play as a freshman. He can he can make an impact as a freshman. 6'2", 220, uh, very athletic kid. And um, loves to hit, bring brings the pain. Um, so he's a guy that feels like he should be able to play as a freshman, and he doesn't know, he doesn't. <coughs> excuse me, he doesn't think. Sorry, dude, put it on mute. <clears throat> Took off. Let me get a sip of my Dr Pepper over here. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 
Oh, if you if, okay. you, if everybody listening could only see what <sighs> I get to see. Oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to start brushing my hair if they put us on video, aren't they? Uh, Robert Woodrow, yes. Yeah, so, so long story short, Auburn's got a real shot with this kid, and uh, he's gonna be back for another visit, and um, wants to play early. Bleasy can play early. Obviously, has a better chance at Auburn because you've got Owen Papo playing his junior season, his third year college coming up. Very likely to go pro after this year. You've got Zacoby. Uh, playing his senior year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. There's going to be some holes in that too deep, and this kid can in, in, uh, absolutely step in and fill one of those holes. Like Auburn's chances there, one guy close to it, close to his recruitment, said it was about 50-50, which is about all, wow. you know, that's about as good as you can hope for right now. Uh, Zach Etheridge, Jeff Schmetting, Derek Mason, all three of those guys working this guy hard. Uh, very encouraging, I thought, to uh, to hear all that. That's amazing. I mean, if you, I mean, that would be pretty incredible if, if Harson and this staff in year one were, would be able to not just land a kid of that caliber in state, but but flip a kid from Alabama. I mean, from Mobile, the, the the PR that they could pull from that um, would be, and the confidence they could get from that would be, ooh, I mean, it'd be yeah. really, really big, really big. It, Perception, man. They've been losing yeah. a lot of perception battles this past this summer in, in recruiting, yeah. and this would be a huge win. Uh, I think he is absolutely the top inside linebacker target. Talked about probably the number two inside line, linebacker target, Shamar James, another kid yeah. who actually I um, I was told today that he has transferred from Faith Academy in Mobile down to Niceville, Florida. He's committed to Florida. Um, he's an inside linebacker. He, he's more of an athlete than he is a linebacker. Uh, six, four, maybe two. I mean, he, he looks good. He looks, you know, you can tell he's he's a, he's a player. But he was also back at Big Cat after taking an official visit in June. Committed to Florida. I really don't think, you know, uh, holler back at me when he comes back to Auburn again in the game, right. you know, in the fall. I think he loves Florida. I really do. I think I think a lot of things would have to happen. But he's certainly not counting out Auburn. Um, so somebody to keep an eye on there. But uh, Robert Woodyard, in my opinion, is the guy to really to really track. Yeah, so if you haven't read the War Room, go do it. He mentioned Shamar James. He uh, Jeffrey talks about Curtis Perry, uh, mm. Darius Clemens, Drew yes. Bobo, um, and we're not going to talk about that here because you got to go read it on the War Room. But he talks about all those guys, um, and there's some interesting nuggets on all of them. Let's end with this on, from a recruiting standpoint. How should fans look at this class now? Um, how should they view Auburn's ability to recruit at the moment? I'll tell you my take, and then and then okay. you. You have the final word. All um, right. I think that, look, I, I, I hate to tell them not to read your stuff, but, you know, like from a big picture, you shouldn't really worry about – you probably shouldn't make a judgment on their ability to recruit until like, oh, I don't know, next January. I mean, it's just you, – you're stepping into the SEC and you've got to build relationships with coaches and players and just – there's a lot. It's a lot to get up to speed. Um, and you're coming in – you've done it longer than I have – there's never been – I can't imagine a tougher time to recruit than the way Georgia's rolling, the way Alabama's rolling, the way Clemson's rolling. Now Florida's in the mix. I mean, it is insanely hard if you're Auburn to get kids away from from, from those programs right now. Um, so I think given all that, I wouldn't make any judgments on the staff at the moment. Uh, I think they're going to take a small class probably. I don't think they're – I think they're going to be kind of picky probably the first year. They can play the transfer portal if they want to. That You know, that's a whole new game that wasn't there in years past. So 
especially for a new staff, they can be competitive quicker. So I just think people need to take a step back, um, see what the see what the product is on the field, um, look at it from a needs perspective, and, and see how they fit their needs. Can they steal a guy here and there? Can they get Clemens? I mean, there's a few guys I think you could judge them on. Darius Clemens might be one. Sure. If you look down, that's probably you have a great relationship with that kid. That'd be a tough one to lose. But I, I think, look, I think you just take a wait-and-see approach for another year. But you, you you tell me, you tell the fans, how are you approaching viewing? If somebody goes, are they doing a good job? What do you say? Uh, and, and I've been saying this for a while now. I can't judge the staff until 2023. I'm going to look at that 2023 class, and I'm going to say, are they going to be able to compete year in and year out with Alabama and Georgia with the recruiting? You think about this new staff coming in. That was behind the eight ball as it is, right? I mean, half of these guys are coming from the West, Midwest out to even the West Coast. Uh, Burt Watts coming from Fresno. Uh, th- these kids in the Southeast, and I've said this before, it's not like Auburn went and hired Georgia's defensive coordinator, a guy that's been recruiting the Southeast, and everybody knows her. They hired Alabama's defense, you know, what coordinator. Nobody really knew down here in the Southeast who Brian Harson was. Uh, they knew they knew Derek Mason, huge hire. Knew Mike Bobo, huge hire. Uh, but most of these other guys, Zach Etheridge, you know, Auburn fans know him. Cornelius Williams, I know him because I covered his recruitment. Other than that, Carnell. Uh, but you know, the, the other guys, Will Friend was in the SEC. Um, who else is it? Brad Bedell. Uh, you know, nobody ever heard of this guy. Uh, Burt Watts, nobody ever heard of him. So. They were already behind in who name recognition. Then you throw in COVID, and you can't even get these kids on campus in the spring. So now you're just extending, and you're eating up your class time, right? You've only got so long. to You've got, what, 12 months from uh, the time they were hired to get relationships, and now they can't do that. And for, so, so the first half of their year was completely wiped out from the pandemic. So now you've got six months from right now until signing day. I think coming October 4th, whether Auburn's five and zero, four and one, two and three, or three and two, will depend on that last push, man. I really feel like if they're four and one, five and zero, they're going to start getting some of these guys that they haven't been able to just get on top of yet. They've been finishing second or or third, and I think they're going to be, you know, getting in with more of those guys. But it's still, I'm thinking top twenty five class. Okay, that's about that. Yeah. yeah, top twenty five class. That's solid. I don't mean like Gus Malzahn solid. I'm saying that's a solid first class for these full full year cl- first full year class for this staff. And then I want to see what they do in the portal because I thought they killed it in the portal. I thought yeah. they absolutely yeah. slayed in the in yeah. the portal. I would agree. And so I want to see what they because Auburn's a good sale for especially for a portal kid. You know, you want to come to you want to go to San Jose State, or you you know, or do you want to come to Auburn playing the SEC for one year, or however many years you've got left? I think Auburn's a great selling portal. Uh, so I'm thinking, you know, around 20, add another 10 more, and then start filling your needs at the end of the season with the portal. Um, really love what they did. So I I think top 25 class. Uh, wrap it up with the portal, and then that 2023 class. I want to see you in the top 12. Top yeah. fifteen at the worst. You yeah. you, you got to be top fifteen. You, you can have a top twenty five class every once in a while, but you've got to consistently be in that top twelve, top fifteen, top ten if you can. You know because you know Georgia's going to be in the top five. You know Alabama's going to be in the top five. Uh, Florida, LSU, all these schools, Texas A and M. Uh, so you've got a lot of SEC schools. And hell, 
even if you're number 12 in the country, you still might be seventh in the SEC. Yep. So you you can't you can't lose too many too too, too much ground to these elite school elite recruiting schools. Um, but yes, one year at a, if your worst class in ten or in ten years is twenty five, that's not too bad. You're not gonna you're not gonna lose a lot of ground on your, on your guys on your rivals. Yeah, I would agree. And look, Gus and them, you know, Gus and his staff. I mean, they were consistently you know yeah. top thirteen or whatever. But sure. but you saw the results. I mean, you had really. 13 and 17. That's it. I mean, 19, I understand, you know, they kind of surprised a little bit there, but they got smashed around in, in the bowl game and they had no business beating Alabama that year. You had two solid top to bottom teams in Gus's era. So, um, so I let me amend, like, let me amend what I said. Yeah. Gus had 13, 15 classes. Yes. All right. So what I want to see when, when we get around to, tallying up the team rankings when i look at auburn's commitment list i want to see o-line o-line ot ot og dt dt i want to see that line because those rankings don't mean crap when you look at what gus malzahn recruited in the offensive line that's exactly why auburn's so far uh, behind georgia right now and alabama for that matter so regardless of where they finish in 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 the team rankings i want to see those offensive tackles you gotta get some offensive tackles in man you gotta have two or three of them in each position so yeah. that's key. Uh, that's that, that to me. That's key in, in getting this program built back up. Yeah, I'm with you. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, awesome first podcast. Look, AuburnLive.com. I'm telling you, what what on three the network is doing is unbelievable. What we're going to be doing is awesome. We're going to be building out our team. Uh, so we're just getting going. Um, but it's a great site. Auburn Live on three on Twitter. Auburn Live on Instagram. Um, we're on Apple podcasts, we're on Spotify podcasts. Um, uh, and so we're going to be doing these, a few of these a week. Um, and we'll have different guests on Rob Pate, former player, um, is a contributor on the site. We'll try to get some other former players on the show. Uh, Jeffrey will be a common, uh, a common guest, Cole Pinkston, our other recruiting analyst. We'll get him on as well. People can, can meet him and get introduced to him. So a bunch of awesome stuff to, 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 to listen to. Never been a better time probably to to hop on uh, Auburn Live and, and be a part of our community, our growing community. Brand new staff, Harson Era, Transfer Portal, NIL, Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC. I mean, there's a lot going on. Uh, I love what Harson said. He did. That was really funny. <laughs> I, I, I thought that – Nope, not, that's not my concern. <laughs> yeah, well, it was funny. He said it. Somebody asked him the question. He goes – somebody said, what do you think about Texas and Oklahoma? He said – he goes, when are they coming to the league? And the and the and the reporter said uh, a couple of years I think he goes twenty twenty five I think like why are you asking me this question right now <laughs> what does that have to do with anything yeah now he, he answered it but he was like hey, yeah right not really my concern but I'll give you an answer yeah yeah right um, yeah which I thought was hey, crazy Justin welcome yeah. back big dog thanks man yeah you've been fantastic phenomenal this week man I'm glad to have you back on the beat man I'm glad to be back with you. You yeah. have done a fantastic job. Really looking forward to the future. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. It feels like I, it's weird. Day one, I mean, you know, kind of been in it, but like getting into camp and being there, it's like I never left. I mean, it just feels like yesterday. It really yeah. is weird. Six years went by, and I, I walk out on the practice field, and I'm doing all this. And I'm like, I I mean, it just feels like I stopped for maybe a week. It's yeah. Crazy. Well, you've done a great job, man. Really good job. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for everybody for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next time with a bunch of Auburn news, Auburn recruiting information. And until next time, see ya.